0: The Dragon red is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club.
1: Did you know armadillos are water-soluble from the bottom only? So if rain falls on the top of them, the, nothing happens. But if they turn over and rain falls on them, they dissolve into pudding. <laughs> Which is why they're so delicious when you lick them on the bottom. <laughs> you lick them on the top, of course, as we all know, it's disgusting. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I actually did know that. Yeah, that's one of the, that's one of the few armadillo facts that I knew.
0: For more Armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can access episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club.
1: The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake.
0: I'm Alice Sullivan.
3: And I'm Micah Sparkman.
1: And today we're covering chapters 28 through 31,
3: I think, to to the end of Path of Daggers. (laughs) Previously, Elida's brief taste of freedom comes to an abrupt and painful end when Alviarin returns from a little teleport errand for Asana. The NDA junior squad has just had a gangbusters first mission. They uncover a plot to destabilize the White Tower, they recruit a whole bunch of rough but lovable sidekicks, and they find their first Black Aja all in like one scene. I'm legitimately afraid that they're just going to turn over the wrong rock and Misana's going to just erase the whole lot of them. But you know, I mean,
1: yeah, you know, you know I honestly- was thinking these these people are kind of like the NDA nemeses, right? Because they they work for Elida uh-huh. and they do actual detective stuff instead of just punching people, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and they succeed immediately. <laughs> And they, I mean, they they set traps. They don't walk into them.
3: I, I Honestly, like at this point, I'm more invested in this team than I am in like literally any other character in the book. So <laughs> so help me, Robert Jordan. If you kill these scrappy little Aes sisters, I will come dig you up and I don't know, desecrate your remains uh, or something.
1: What's probably going to happen is they're just not going to show up in the next book.
2: <laughs> that, Aww. Aw,
3: that would make me really sad. <laughs> Uh, anywho um we also have Loghain who makes a love connection with an I said eye I, sent to destroy the black tower and by love connection i mean mind control kiss i guess i don't know it's, it's real weird yeah but real romantic like yeah yeah looks <laughs> yeah. like some t- hair tossing in the sunlight and some like sweat dripping down his
0: <laughs> and and that's disgusting Jeff, you're going to have to beep that shit out <laughs> I know
3: Sweat dripping down his abs, we'll say How Uh-huh
0: And I think there was some uh, Weeping into his broad chest as well
3: Oh, that's right, yeah mm-hmm. She, like, shed some tears of Passion No, probably tears of horror, I think I don't know Probably uh, Either way, uh, we end with Rand Who attempts to confront Cad Swain And kind of just seems to embarrass himself Which is lame, I guess I don't
1: know. Yeah, I'm ready Cat for him swing. to grow up a little bit. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So, chapter 28, Crimson Thorn, icon of the Forsnaken.
3: This is a pretty heartbreaking open for me because turns out Jeff was right. There aren't literal explosions. <laughs> Bummer. That's right. They're just social explosions. Yeah, I remember yeah. at the end of that chapter, it was like, and then the explosion started. And I was like, <gasps> but no, it's just, uh, I don't know, some angry people. I don't know. So so Nynaeve's detective agency are stopped at a village. Uh,
1: They're staying at an inn with a nice, fat innkeeper. Oh, thank God.
3: Yeah, we can rule that person out as a suspect. Yeah, well, out as a dark friend, but not necessarily out as a cannibal.
1: Right. (laughs) Right, right. Right. They're like 90% less likely to be a dark friend, 5% more likely to be a cannibal.
3: (laughs) That's right. I mean, the apron is super clean, and you know why they keep the apron clean? So you don't see the blood from the people that they've been eating.
1: Is that is that that's the only reason you would keep an apron clean? If you,
3: if you have a look in these times where people are starving to death, if the innkeeper's fat, they're not eating the produce. All right. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Uh, so yeah, the first explosion is that the Sedai and the Kin have a big falling out over some Kin that were ex novices. This
3: at is their dumb. runaways. I, I think this is dumb. Uh, this is this is fresh. Like some of these women were runaways from the tower. Like. Seventy years ago. Who cares, right? One one of them's like 300 years ago. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. like there's probably no one alive from the White Tower who who even remembers her. She turns herself in, which but, you know, who knows? Why you
1: that know, it's is. part of the it's part of the White Tower's image though. You know, if you are once a novice, you're always a novice forever and ever and ever until they let you go. And if they start letting people go or letting it be known that they let somebody go, they lose some of their power, right? These yeah. kids are terrified of the Aes Sedai for exactly this kind of propaganda.
3: It's true. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think the Aes Sedai need to let this go. And and under Egwene, they probably will. But for now, this is uh, dumb.
1: Yeah, so the Aes Sedai want to put them back in novice whites, And the kin are
3: like, some of them are, are kind of turning on the Aes Sedai. <laughs> I mean, they're like, I'm 300 years old. I'm not going to be a novice, right?
1: Yeah. And, and then in a really abrupt and sad turn of events, Adelius and Isban are murdered.
0: Yeah.
3: I'm still not convinced she's not Black Aja, you know? Atelius? <laughs> <laughs> even though she appears to have been murdered by a Black Aja. Uh, you know, I mean, like, maybe she murdered herself. We don't know. Look, it's it's bad being a dark friend. All, they get up to all kinds of bad things. Being a dark friend doesn't mean you don't get murdered by dark friends. In fact, the other person in the room was a dark friend.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, that's a really good point. And I think <laughs> this is not the first dark friend on dark friend crime that we're going to see in these chapters. <laughs> Probably not. But yeah, Adelius is. I, I really like Vandine and Adelius. I think they're fun, but and so I'm very sad that one of them died. Uh, they were drugged apparently and then slaughtered, but with some in some horrible serial killer y kind of way.
3: Yeah, th- and this this is this is uh, obviously horrible for the fact that Adelius uh, is murdered. You know, inherently and and her sister's like grieving. But this is also kind of bad because it means that they have among them another. Another power, probably powerful dart friend.
1: Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, Vandine, Adelius' sister, is suspect number one. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, yeah, because like, <laughs> I, I, it's always somebody who's close to you, right? Really? It's always Murder? somebody who's close to you that drugs you and then cuts your throat? I mean,
0: most murders are committed by somebody close to the victim.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but oh, be, I hadn't thought but... about it that way. I just thought, I don't know. The way she was acting was a little sketchy.
3: <laughs> no, I, I think so. But I, I think it was more just that she uh, she was like doing that on a, that facade thing. That Isidai fa- facade thing. So once there were people where they couldn't see her, then she's like, then she screams, you know? Mm, right, yeah. But she was acting a little weird. But still, I don't think she's the one to do it. So that means that there's another Black Aja besides Ispen, Adelaus, and Van Deen. <laughs> Is it the three terrible known black th-
0: that I'm just kinda over at Ellison Van Deen already?
3: Well, I mean <sighs> I, I, I liked them oh, when no. they, when we first met them back when we back when um Maureen was still uh not puddle goo mm-hmm. and she's like hanging out with them. Back then they were cool, but now I feel like they're kinda like they're kinda toolboxes for the, the White Tower. Oh you know? well, not the White Tower, the Little Tower. Little Tower. Oh uh, yeah. Uh well now there's only one of them to be annoyed by. That's true. Uh, Half is annoying. A, that's great.
1: There you go. I noted that there was a pretty funny line in here because uh, the line is,
3: sympathy looked odd on Nynaeve's face. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa, Robert Jordan. <laughs> Isn't is one of those things where the author like clearly doesn't like this person? Just like... Yeah,
1: that's, that's, that's a little bit of shade or at least <laughs> Elaine doesn't like that person because she's the one thinking it.
3: Yeah. Nynaeve does some actual detective work here. Oh, that's right. She's like, Tasting <laughs> tasting the poison.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well like you okay, do. Yeah.
3: I guess she did do that. <laughs> no, I mean like that's what they always do in detective shows, right? Like the, the detective picks up the poison, puts it in their mouth, and like they go they they make a face and spit it out. It's like, yeah, that was like super strong poison that would instantly kill anyone. <laughs> Good thing I spit it out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which is literally what Nynaeve does, right? She like tastes it and spits it out. But she's I... learning it,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Like she's she's learning how to be like a better investigator a better operator in the world all she needed was some land delivered orgasms (laughs) (laughs) so the
3: so the block in her mind was not was not the the magic thing
0: or hear me out she's the one who poisoned them in the first place oh
3: wait really wait why
0: i mean why not and like she could have just (laughs) pretended that i was crimson thorn I don't know that's, if she's, like, tired of them yeah, or some shit. That's right.
1: Like, all, it's, it's not her.
0: <laughs> So she's not, not a dark not.
1: friend. She just got bored on this trip and decided to murder some people.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, the brutal murder isn't really her MO. She's supposed to be all about healing, but it would have been very easy for her to do.
3: I know. That's, she knows a lot about Crimson Thorn, doesn't she?
1: You know who's she, probably pretty good at driving stakes through people's chests?
0: Lan. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm, that's right. Oh, yeah. man.
0: They could be okay. like that horrifying couple in Canada, like back in the nineties, who were, became serial killers together.
1: Yeah, right. Like maybe yeah. that's maybe that's their
3: thing. Maybe that's what they're into.
0: Maybe I could see Land being into that.
3: Well, so so here's the thing: it depends on if it's happening. Like, is this a bedroom thing or is this a public thing? Because if it's a bedroom thing. It's land orchestrating it, but if it's a public thing, it's Nynaeve's idea. So that's a good point. If it's a kinky mm-hmm. sex thing, then yeah, what, what
1: happens the run if run the it's the someone show? else's bedroom?
3: <laughs> that's a good point.
1: We haven't established the sex rules thoroughly <laughs> for the I'm, Sea Folk marriage customs.
3: I'm sure we'll get that in the next book.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So after this, they they move on and they finally get to Camlin, the Britishest city of all. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and there's this pretty baller sequence where Elaine walks up to the gates of the palace and, and officially claims the throne. Uh, and
3: and everybody's like, oh, it's Elaine. She's back. The daughter heir. <gasps> it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's it's it, and, She has yeah. like a whole like ritual thing, right? Like she taught. Talk- it's interesting seeing it from her perspective because she talks about all these traditions because apparently this is a thing that happens periodically where some... <laughs> Some <laughs> yeah. tossed out uh, heir returns and claims the throne. Enough that they have a process <laughs> right. for it. This is, I mean,
1: yeah, this is pretty standard Andor and stuff. I mean, isn't that how Morghese did it?
3: Yes, it is. That's exactly how <laughs> Morghese did it. Uh, so yeah, she's like, well, normally you go uh, first. You go to your you you arrive. <laughs> what is it? You arrive in dirty clothes because anyone who arrives in in uh, splendor f- fails. And then you go to your bedroom and put on your Splendor clothes. But she's like, but I'm going to skip that one because I really want to see the throne room. (laughs) Yeah, It's it's funny. And then she meets up with
1: Dayelen, who is the other challenger to the throne. Mm -hmm. Uh, We still don't 100% know where Dayelen is at. But at least out loud, she supports Elaine. And they have have this kind of funny conversation where Dayelen is like, yeah you know nobody really supports you a bunch of people support somebody else and elaine's like who she's like me
3: (laughs) but to be fair (laughs) earlier in that conversation dylan did say that she was going to support elaine elaine's like are you with me or against me and she's like well if you're doing this whole like queen thing i guess i'll support you so that's good news right yeah so yeah it seems good i think i think we're good yeah, I think we're yeah. good. Is we're good? We're good.
0: And then <laughs> like, so what? You what you gonna do about the about Rand there?
3: <laughs> I know. I, I love this because first of all, she's Elaine is still doing her like. I'm not accepting the throne from Rand. I'm claiming it, but he's definitely giving it to her. Like from yeah, the forsaken like- that he killed.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: You know the Forsaken
3: okay. that came and took your, your city? Did you want to deal with the Forsaken? Because I can deal
1: with the Forsaken.
2: I,
3: I think
1: he also went and dealt with some of those rebels that were gathering out in the wilderness too. That's
3: that's <laughs> a good point. Like there were two two people who were going to be claimants and he's just like, he dealt with that for her. So it's like... This, this, the reason that she's walking in and this is so fucking easy is because Rand cleaned up all that mess first.
0: Hey, look, she had to wear that dirty dress and say all those words.
1: That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> no, that is a good true. point. I mean, from a real politics standpoint, she has literally no supporters except Rand. <laughs>
3: I know, but but to be fair, Rand is like a god king on 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 uh, in Randland. So like, yeah, as supporters go, he's pretty good.
1: Yeah, he's a good one. If he can, <laughs> if, he can tel- te-
3: if he can, literally teleport in and like burn your the entire army of your uh, enemies with uh, lightning, then you know.
1: Yeah, it's like so. Are you going to support me? Because uh, if you're not, I, I'm just going to need to write a letter to my boyfriend who teleports around and creates a fire sword because that's the most fun way to use magic to kill people.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're talking about this. There are lots of better ways to kill magic, kill people with magic, but he just likes doing it with a sword. I don't know why. Yeah, it's,
1: it's something learned from his dad or
3: something. I don't know. Uh, but and,
1: and, and making fun of it but it's still it's cool i like this
3: i do too i i really do like this and um I'm, I'm 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 excited to have finally have elaine on the throne because that's where she should have she should have been like this entire fucking months book.
0: ago yeah yeah.
3: I, yeah I would have liked this better if it happened two books ago for yeah. sure <laughs> but it's good it's good elaine is on the throne and oh i love this too because dylan's like so what are you gonna do and she's like well, let me tell you, she just like lays it all out there, which I think is a good idea because you want to bring Dayalan onto the team. But it's kind of funny that she's like, well, yeah, I'm going to marry him and I'm going to make him my water. And-
2: mm-hmm.
1: So then we cut to David Hanlon, who
3: I actually had to look up who that was. I, I Wait, is he somebody we've met before? Because I just assumed he's a new person.
1: Yes. OK, remember when Rand crashed that party of all the rebels? And then like Pad and Fane showed up in Cloud Monster. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That's where the, ex- remember, the, the the Eldritch Horror tentacles. Remember the evil cousin that was there that they kept saying, he's so evil, he's a bad rebel. Yeah. Like, I don't want to marry that evil cousin. I want to marry this nice Terran guy. Oh. Like, the guy. So that... he, okay, so he's not that guy. He's that okay. guy's friend who was there with him. I don't remember him,
0: <laughs> how did we not remember that?
1: i know <laughs> he's he's some dark friend he's like a a, a raider type bandit type dude
3: yeah he, he he implies that he's a soldier of some sort who's like had had a real sordid bandit he
0: he, he was history. the captain of the guard in camelin
3: oh really was he? oh yeah. back when the the forsaken was in charge, so he's one of Ravin's dudes, must be. Oh, okay, well that makes right. sense too. And then he hooked up with
1: Pad and, Fane, and then with Torum Riatan, and then Wait. And now aren't he's like a bunch of those people dead? Uh, yeah, but this guy's still alive. Okay. Yeah, okay. So I'm going it on the This seems like wiki. he's not a good...
2: Huh?
0: I'm going on the wiki. Yeah, he was one of Lord Gabriel's white lions.
1: Oh, so yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Anyway, yeah. this guy shows up <laughs> and he comes to Camelin and he's meeting with Lady Shiane, who I also had to look up. Uh, and they're just having their, one of their little dark friend uh, sneering and plotting meetings.
3: I mean, sort of. It's a sneering and plotting meeting where they're like, they've got two people strapped to a torture table in the middle of the room. Yeah, yeah. But you don't expect that, right? That's that's sort of normal for a dark friend. That's a good point. Like, right? uh, if you count the number of dark friend meetings where there wasn't someone strapped to a torture table versus the ones <laughs> that were way more with the torture yeah. table. Yeah, right? I mean, it's just, I mean, not not every time. It's just... It's not that notable, is what I right, saying. Right, right. <laughs> Wait, so so you said you looked up this this uh, this new Black Aja yes,
1: woman, who is kind of becoming my favorite character because she keeps popping up. Uh-huh. She was a she was the leader of. Remember when Matt chased that dark friend woman through the crowd in Ebudar? Dar? Yes, yeah, that's her. Oh, really? And remember that fancy dark friend woman in book one that tried to kill Rand and Matt with a magic dagger? Yeah, remember that? That's really? her. Wait, is she? That's a a callback.
0: Shit.
3: No, she's not a channeler. She's just this, like, this dark friend that keeps popping up. That's why I like her. Wow, man, she is. She like she has had a much better shelf life than most every other dark friend we've met.
1: Yeah, she's probably the best dark friend yet.
3: She's (laughs) still alive. Yeah, for so she was in book one, and now we're in book eight. Yep. The end of book eight and she's still alive. Like, is there any other dark friend who can claim that? Other than Padden Fane, who I'm not even sure what he is anymore?
1: Uh 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 only Brannable the Cannibal, assuming, Yeah, you
3: know. Right. Well, I mean, like, he's 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 the he's the sleeper, right? <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Uh anyway, so speaking of bad Dark Friends, Shane uh-huh.
1: has Caradin tied to a strapped to a table or with his head through a hole in a table. <laughs> uh, and she's got uh Fally on there too. And she has
3: her goon drown Kerridan in brandy. It's like, oh, this is Judge from Kerridan. He was just leaving. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and I this for the first time, I actually feel bad for Kerridan because he really did do his best. Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, he's definitely evil, but like he was in a real bad situation, right? Like first yeah. he was working for um, what's his name? Oh, man, I can't remember. His- Balzaman, right? Who is right? Who is now dead, but like Carradine, if
1: you remember, is the man called Bors who went to that
3: meeting in Book Two. And so Balsamon planted like secret like missions in his head that he has no control over, including killing uh, Rand, Matt, and uh, Perrin, right? Right, yeah. So then Samael Samael shows up and is like, dude, you, you should not kill these people. But then his like, sleeper training thing k- triggers. And he's like, I right. got to kill these people. Like, what's yeah, he then, supposed to do?
1: Yeah, he had no good choices. And so, and then like the Miradol killed his whole family first, remember? That's right, to, like yeah. motivate him. I forgot that it was Keratin, that's right. And the only thing, like, and then they, this is the worst part in my opinion, is they kill him by drowning him in Brandy, but his problem was not that he was a drunk. He just no. liked Brandy, right? He wasn't like he was, the booze was making him fail. Yeah, <laughs> he, it's right. It's like not even the thing. It's not even really poetic justice. <laughs> I know. It's just. It's just kind of shitty. Yeah. In fact, you it's know, like if the, you think about the, these all people, the... don't even really like. If I'm thinking, there, if I'm drowning with my lungs full of brandy, I'm thinking these people don't even really understand
3: what I'm doing. <laughs> they don't get me at all. <laughs> wow. Like they're not. Even, they don't even care enough to like come up with a really good poetic justice murder for me. <laughs> right. this, this is like this is like surface level understanding of me. <laughs> they're like, um, it's it's like that family member who like. You told him you, you totally be like frogs one time, and now every Christmas they get you a frog. It's like the Duck <laughs> Friends are like, doesn't he like brandy? We'll drown him in brandy. It's fine. He, he loves brandy. <laughs> so, David Hanlon
1: and Lady Sheehan are working for Moradin now. Right. Who's... And Sheehan offers Hanlon a queen, which could be several different people.
3: Yeah. I mean, they're in Camelon, so I'm guessing they mean Elaine, but at this point, who knows? There's a lot of queens around. Yeah. Wait, so Jeff. who is was the other person strapped to the table? Remind me.
1: Yeah, that was Falion, the Black Aja Aes who screwed up with Ispan in Ibudar.
3: Oh, okay, 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 okay. That's easy then.
1: All so right, both these it. people are from Ibudar. Okay. Uh, which I thought was a little odd that they, they dragged him all the way to Camelon and then murdered them, but whatever. I don't think Falion got murdered. Uh, well, they, yeah, it's unclear what happened to her, but probably not. Yeah. So, chapter twenty-nine: A cup of sleep, icon of the dragon. Rand is in a snit because uh, Elaine has taken down all of his banners. <laughs> know, oh
0: my god! Not, this is so, so funny. Mature. Like
3: his yeah. gr- his girlfriend took down all the posters he put up on her in her room when she was gone. And it's like, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't care for the posters. That's fine, man. He really does <laughs> just need to talk to her, though. You know, not because yeah. that's how you maintain a good friend relationship, but because like, that's how international diplomacy me. works. <laughs> right, yeah. Send her a letter. <laughs> because now she's another leader that you need to talk to
1: and you're it's it's fine. But no. Yes, yeah, his other girlfriend is sitting there saying, Well, why don't you just go talk to
3: her? And he's like, No, she hates me. <laughs> <I know. laughs> like like Rand has a at least he has like a friend to talk to, or a girlfriend to talk. This is a real weird like
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean he's got as the the bard once said, hose
3: at different area codes. <laughs> 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 That's right, uh, and, but and but, then, but yeah, she's giving him good advice. But he's like, I guess he's feeling a little uh, yeah, I know frumpy about it. I don't know.
1: I, I have never been in a uh, polyamorous relationship, but it seems like one of the, the the benefits should be that you can get good relationship advice from the people that you're actually in a relationship
3: with. <laughs> <laughs> he should listen to her for sure. But you know, he's he's all up in his feelings. Whatever. <laughs>
1: So then Soralee brings in the Datsang Aes Sedai, the, the kidnappers who tortured him, who yeah. all kind of offer to serve him and take the oath and whatnot.
3: Yeah, it's so, so I, I think what Sorley said is that she considers that their honor has been, like, redeemed to some degree because they actually said, I want to be, like, beaten every day like Rand was or whatever. So. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of from an from Aiel perspective. That's like that's how you get for given for just about anything, right?
1: Yeah, I have to assume though that these. I said I have no idea what the Aiel honor system is. It's not like they were trained. No, I think you're right. They, they just figured out what to say. Even yeah.
0: so, I think they got off super easy compared to the other women who had entrapped Rand before.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh well, I mean, depends on which ones. Like one of them, I guess, is uh, with the Shido Aiel and being tortured every day. So. Yeah, probably better off than her. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, Some of them got stilled.
1: Oh, yeah, I am saying yeah. so.
0: This is these ones are in better shape.
1: Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, I said I live a long time, so you know, a few months of hard labor—it's not actually that big a deal. It's kind of mm-hmm. like a CrossFit program for them. <laughs> yeah.
3: So, but, but, but I mean, that—that's what's on the surface. But it's pretty clear that sorely, sore, Wait, I keep saying that right. sorely. I yeah. say sorely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like pretty... I sorely wish she wasn't in the books. <laughs> 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 it's, it's either way, it's pretty clear that Sorely is testing Rand here. Like it's a, uh, it's because she's watching him the whole time and like clearly has an opinion about where this is going, but trying not to express it. Yeah,
1: and uh, Min has a viewing that they will all serve each in her fashion, including Sorley.
3: which is interesting. Also, Min makes a point of saying I don't actually know what that means in her fashion as part of the the seeing, but. Who the fuck knows what that... That's a weird stipulation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But Rand, he he accepts it. He makes them swear
1: and then, uh, I guess, upgrades them to Aiel Apprentices like the other Aes Sedai.
3: Yeah. Which I guess means he passed the test, at least seems pleased with that that outcome. Yeah. And then Rand heads to see Cat Swain again when... An explosion! Oh, no! Yeah, this description is actually really interesting. Like, Like, it's like a bomb went off behind him, you know, like it, this feels like a, to me, it feels like one of the cinematic, like scenes where everything's all like something happens. And like, then the, you hear like a ringing in this, and like, everything's blurry. Like Min says, like, she's suddenly on the ground and she doesn't know what happened. It's like, mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's and really they're, they're all like 10 paces further down the hallway than they were, than they thought they were.
3: And a bunch of people are dead. It's yeah.
1: Like, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. So somebody has magicked in and, and it blew up Rand's rooms and, and sort a of, hole
3: in the palace this sort of feels like out of nowhere like I mean <laughs> I guess now he's fighting a forsaken because that's what happens at the end of a wheel of time book but it's like what <laughs> what's happening here <laughs> that's right Rand should
1: have known this is what happens in the last chapter that's right <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, so. it's
0: basically like when you get to June in the Harry Potter books, you know Voldemort's going to pop up.
3: Exactly right. Like <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can set your you can set your calendar by it because yeah, kind of because because
1: Rand leaves Min uh, with Fedwin Moore to protect her and moves out and goes hunting and like you know having a wizard battle in palaces, playing like cat and mouse. Sounds that's familiar. Sort of Rand's thing, yeah, that's like yeah. his specialty
3: now. <laughs> I, I won't say it's every book, but it's. Pretty damn close to every book. Yeah, different palace, different different person he's hunting, but this is pretty much how he does. Yeah, it's
1: like submarine fighting where he's, he's, he's mostly about stealth and, and striking before your
3: opponent knows you're there. Yeah, and he's got like an invisibility cloak, like Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he talks about weaving bending light or oh, something it's like true, that. He does yeah,
1: and he spies on his way. He spies and disables the Sea Folk ambassador who is meeting with
3: one of his enemies. Um, Yeah, so he's like, this is real suspicious, but I don't have time to deal with this right now. So (laughs) he's gonna like, he ties him up and puts him under the bed. He's like, I'll come back for you.
0: Yeah, that relationship didn't last real long.
3: Uh Oh, I know. This
1: embassy is not going well. (laughs) That's right. Oh, man. Then he happens upon Gedwin and Rochade and Dashiva, and Dashiva immediately attacks Rand.
3: Yeah, so does Shiva turned on him? Whoa. What? No. Yeah, unexpected. No. Turns out that guy's unreliable. So, like, I know we don't know for sure, but it seems pretty likely he's a forsaken, right? Like, I, he's got to be, right? 100%. Seems, yeah, I mean, this this is, a, like, a little too forsaken for not to be a forsaken. Yeah,
1: and and I guess Gedwin and Roche probably working for him.
3: Yeah, but I think that they were, the, like, so Gedwin and Roshade were the people that uh, Mazram Tame sent, like the Storm Leader or whatever, right? Yeah, that's right. So I, I think it is, I, I, th- I think it's one of three things. One, they're, they're dark friends straight up. Two, they are working for Mazram Tame, who's a dark friend or a forsaken straight up. Or three, they saw Rand kill all of their friends in uh, Ebudar. And so they think that they're putting him him down because he's going crazy.
1: Oh, yeah, that's interesting. So I don't know which one of those it is. But I I, I totally believe Dashiva is a dark not a darkman, is a Forsaken. And the only question in my mind is why does he act crazy all the time? Unless he's Are there talking any
0: Forsaken to... that are crazy? Like yeah, crazier maybe, than normal? Right?
3: I don't think so because we know that the Forsaken don't go cra- don't they don't have the the taint problem that that normal people yeah, have. Yeah, but he could have just already been crazy. Right? Yeah, Back not necessarily
0: tainty crazy, but just crazy crazy.
3: That's a good point, but I don't. I guess we I, I can't think of a Forsaken who we were like, oh, that guy's always whispering to himself or something. Yeah. You know,
1: you know what I bet it is. I bet he found like in one of those stasis boxes, he found an old Bluetooth earpiece from <laughs> <laughs> the Age of Legends, and he's just always on the phone.
3: That must be it. That explains so much. He, he like, but there's no one else for him to talk to, so he's just like recording his memoirs. He's doing like a a, a vlog or a diary or something,
1: right? But they uh, they blast Rand that he protects himself. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to hunting down and killing channelers, Rand and Luz Theron are on the same page. That's right. it is cheering him on.
3: He's like, this is what I this is what I've been telling you all along.
1: Yeah. But uh, Rand doesn't find them again, and apparently they bail. Yeah,
3: that's right.
1: He almost kills Flynn and Narishma. I know, kind of intentionally.
3: I love this scene; it's so good. (laughs) Like, like he shoots a, like he blasts him. They're like, "Uh, "Hey, Rand, uh, it's us." And he's like, "Yeah, I uh, didn't didn't know it was you. Why don't you come out?" And they're like, "No, I I don't think we're gonna come out. (laughs) I think we're not gonna come out. Uh, I think I think I don't think I should, sir." (laughs) And he's like, "Yeah, you probably should." (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool uh they're what they say something like i think maybe your blood's hot and it's like yeah yeah yeah, maybe we wait for everyone to cool down
1: (laughs) uh and then he heads back to min and fedwin moore and fredwin
3: moore sadly has gone mad yeah i was wondering about that so yeah this is the this is the taint thing then right this is his this is like the corruption got into his mind i think so probably yeah okay i wasn't sure if he got attacked or something like that but i but this makes more sense.
1: Yeah, I think there's some like little hints of him acting boyishly in the scenes before this. Yeah. So I think they just hadn't realized that he got he got it.
0: I, I guess just the stress of it um, created of the explosion is kind of the catalyst there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. probably something like that. Which is it's interesting. interesting.
0: It's, it that's is interesting because uh, you know there's a lot of mental illnesses that they'll start manifesting due to some major stress. So it's interesting that, to me, that he's treating the the madness the same way as like mental illness.
3: Yeah, mm, yeah, that's yeah, true. Uh, and and it's 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 kind of eerie because when it first manifests, uh, you know, Moore has been sent to protect Min while Brand is off hunting the whatever the Forsaken and company. And uh, while he's doing it, he starts like pulling bricks out of the wall. And Min is like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is bad, yeah. you know? So, so Rand like arrives in time and shields them. But like, this is, this could have been really bad. Cause once, once a, a male channeler starts going crazy, then his, mm-hmm. his power suddenly becomes like a real dangerous proposition. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: It's, it's really sad. And it's, that's uh, the, it's the risk that Rand has been thinking about
3: this whole time of relying on these guys. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and and it's possible that this has happened with those others who turned on him as well. It's hard to say, you know. Yeah.
1: So Tame shows up and tells Rand those other guys are just deserters.
3: Uh huh.
1: Thank sure.
0: God we've got Tame there.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, there. That straightens it all out. Tame, thanks.
3: Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> Rand uh, puts Fedwin Moore to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Tame offers to do it, and Rand's like, "No, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it." Yeah,
1: yeah. and then a uh, Rand and men are apparently going on the run.
3: Yeah, that's right. They're, which is I don't, I, why, because he's crazy. Okay, okay. I was like, I was, I was trying to understand. I was like, okay, so is he? I mean, the the people who are attacking are gone, but I guess. Like maybe they could be coming back, but like that's literally true all the time, all ever, right? So that's not anything new, I mean, exactly.
1: Yeah, he's saying, you know, trust no one. I can't trust anybody. Blah 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 blah. So I have to get away from everybody. But it doesn't. So make maybe sense.
3: he's just going crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, paranoid, or I don't know. Maybe he's got some other plan. Maybe he's going to go on the run and, and go accomplish something.
3: Yeah, that's true. Like Either just way, just go hunt, like...
1: hunt the Forsaken. Right, teleport to their palaces and. That's kind of what
3: he says, right? He said, uh, sometimes the hounds catch the wolf and wish they hadn't, which I guess is what he's talking about. Right. He's like going to go dangle his, dangle his butt out there. And when they show up, he's going to zap them with uh, lightning bolts or whatever.
2: <laughs> yeah,
3: that's it. <laughs>
1: you paint a picture with words.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm an artist.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, speaking of wolves, uh, chapter 30, beginnings, kind of a wolf.
3: Yeah, uh, th- th- this is a weird place to go directly after what happened in the previous chapter. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, and I I wanted to note that, like, I want to say to Robert Jordan, I see what you did there. The last chapter of book eight of the series is titled Beginnings.
3: Oh, mm. and that, exp- I mean, this whole chapter, that, that tracks with what's happening in this whole chapter. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about it later. So it's Perrin.
1: And yeah. And Perrin is heading into Abila to meet with Massima, and he's bringing a small retinue,
3: decided not to chop his way in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's got... He's got Elias hanging out with him now, which is super cool. I love Elias. He's yeah. Great. And then Aram is, like, I guess getting, a, like, a little bit jealous of Elias. Like, he's like, <laughs> giving him the stink eye. And, like, yeah, not be like that, bro. We can all be bros like together. I think he knew Elias before he knew Aram, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, his old friend. And Aram's, like, but I'm his new friend. And I just, like, feel a little bit, like. Yeah, They have all yeah. these inside jokes. And they're, like, talking in wolf and stuff. And it's, right, like... yeah.
1: It's, like, oh, I, I like wolf stuff, too, you know. Yeah,
3: it's not the same Aram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't understand. You have to be able to talk
1: to wolves. <laughs> so uh he mentions in passing that he has taken Elias' advice and he's been shouting at Fael and it's totally working.
2: Of
3: course, right? I mean, like look at the way her parents interact, okay? This is this their is, marriage is solved. This is how Fail yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous, but that's what Fael wants. Yeah, she just likes it. Yep. And uh, it's, she
1: could have, you know, they could have actually talked about this themselves, but no, they need the omniscient wolf warder who
3: dates Saldans by the dozen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, this is what it means to be a Tavaren, right? Like, it means that the guy who sh- shows up has banged a lot of Saldans. Yeah, like, this is why you bang a Saldan. Elias is
1: like, why do I keep getting involved with these Saldans? And it's because the pattern needed somebody to give parents some marriage advice.
3: <laughs> uh, man, being Tavaren is so convenient and so weird for everyone else around you.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Abila is a fearful town oppressed by bandits, basically,
3: you know, these crazy uh, religious fanatics. Yeah, this is super creepy. Like as they're walking through, the prophets men are just like, like, like these guys are clearly all nuts, right? Like he's walking through and he's like, they smell like, you know, like fervor and like madness. And, and they're just like, their clothes are filthy. And they're, they're just like, not even, they're not talking to each other. But all of their weapons are super clean and sharp. It's like, huh? All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, great. So he gets to Masima, and Masima, of course, also smells very crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Like he, like not not even any of the other ev- emotions that the the followers are smelling. Like he just smells like straight up madness. Yeah. Oh, I want to. This this is kind of like a funny side thing. So as he's walking towards you know the Masima's camp or whatever, uh, Balwer, like. Gives him a look and like goes off by himself. And parents like, you know, for a secretary, he does an awful lot of skulking around. He (laughs) always skulks back with useful information oh well i've never had a secretary before maybe that's just how they do it what do i know about secretaries i'm just a blacksmith i love this it's like he has not figured out what baller is and it's fine because baller's still doing his damn job Yeah, in this meeting like speaking of parents coolness uh
1: he does more parent diplomacy which Mm -hmm. i totally love right the whole way going there you know he's thinking like okay don't call him masima don't call him masima like that that it's really bad to call him masima and he, so he shows up and the first thing he does is sit down in his chair and say okay masima
3: let's get real <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like <gasps> and he's like what what oh crap <laughs> i said the, oh, the, the the one useful piece of information that bauer gave him <laughs> whoops oh yeah yeah but speaking of masima like this this conversation is real weird like Perrin is doing what Rand said, like saying, Hey, Rand's not cool with all this. And Masima is just like, you can, you can see him getting crazier as, as Perrin is talking because this idea that he's being contradicted by his, you know, deity is not sitting well with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's, He's extremely sinister. Uh huh. So Perrin summons him to go meet with Rand Um and Masima refuses to use the gateway, so it looks like they're going to have to ride.
2: Hmm.
3: You, know, you know what you do is you bonk him on the head and you throw him <laughs> through the gateway and be done with it.
1: Yeah, Perry keeps thinking, like, man, if things go wrong, we're going to have to cut our way out of here. And I kept thinking, like,
3: oh, I kind of wish you would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not saying that they're all bad, but, like, the Prophet's men aren't necessarily, like, nice dudes, right? Yeah, like,
0: they should totally be kidnapping him and getting him away from all his crazy followers.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. If only okay. Faeel was here, she could probably put him in a wagon or something. Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: But speaking of Faeel,
3: well, Masima says yeah. he's going to go along, but I feel like this is going to get real weird. Like this, this feels like a situation where things are going to turn sideways pretty fast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's out uh, hawking mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. various
3: named characters? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, His- news arrives from her like stupid people that she keeps with her. <laughs> Wait, I guess I guess these are queens, right? Like you've got the first of Marine, you've got the queen of was it Amedicia? Uh No, this is the queen of Gaeldon. This is Aldeandri. And that's right. So, so I and mean, like this is like a bunch of queens hanging out together.
1: And Fael, who's kind of the queen of Menethiran, and soon going to be the queen of Saldea, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and Morgase
0: is there too. So, know, oh, yeah. technically right. not a queen anymore, but still.
3: They're just yeah. lousy with queens. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's like queened up. But, you know, like you were saying earlier, Jeff, when he says, like, you want to get your hands on a queen, like, there's a lot of queens here. Who are you, <laughs> you going to pick, right? <laughs> right.
1: Um, and the the message they get, though, is that Masima is meeting with a Shanshan
3: Shan lady. So he's yeah. working with the Shanshan. Shan, this who's... is a weird team up, right?
1: Right. But Masima is crazy.
3: Yeah, that's true. And like I, I think it's, uh, is it, I can't remember who it is. Maybe it's uh What someone observes that maybe it makes sense because they both hate channelers. That's what they've got something in common, you know. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe Masima worships Rand but also believes that he's the Messiah and that he needs to put a leash on Rand. Maybe he's yet one yet one more person who wants to put a leash on Rand. Yeah, it could be.
3: Either way, this is a uh, this is not good news.
1: Yeah. But then Fayil
3: and most of her party are captured by the Shido. Yeah, what the fuck? This is, again, something out of nowhere, right? Like, there's no build up here. It's just, like, oh, then there's Shido there. Then, like, I get why they're there. Obviously, it makes sense. But, like, it, it just feels a little bit out of left field. Like, there's no foreshadowing for this, right?
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, it's kind of, I think it's it's intended to be foreshadowed because we talk a lot about how there's Shido everywhere. Yeah, that's and true. And we knew the Shido Ooh. were in Gaelden because that's where Savannah and stuff were.
3: Yeah, and and uh, I think uh, it's
1: just in this it's just they chapter, keep mentioning Fai- the shido here, there, and everywhere that all of a sudden this just happens.
3: Yeah, F- Fail even mentions in this chapter that uh, she doesn't like to bring the uh, the Aiel with her because every time that you know someone sees them, they either run or draw their sword because they seem to know a lot about Aiel. It's real weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that is kind of leading up to that. Yeah. But I,
1: I agree. It feels abrupt and strange. A weird place for the story to go.
3: Yeah, but now they're all slaves and they're yeah. naked. They're naked slaves now. Yeah,
1: that's right. They're all stripped naked and made guy Shane. Yeah. So then we get uh, check in with Igwayne. She's got everybody formed up to move, and there's lots of lots of new novices, like thousands of them.
3: Yeah, well, like hundreds of it's them. Crazy. This is kind of crazy. Like this is this recruit thing is I, I, I guess is even more successful than she expected. Yeah, the tower was just not doing a good job of recruiting, were they? Well, clearly these are all people that were missed because I, 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 I guess that it's hard. The tower numbers are so depleted that it's probably hard for them to like test and and you know recruit properly. So a lot of people get missed when they're young enough, and by the time they're a little bit older, then the tower won't take them. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah.
0: there's no specific Aja that's in charge of going out and like finding young ladies who can channel.
3: No, Which not is at a all. Good point. You know they're like be right.
0: Which like a thing. Yeah, that should be part of the organization.
1: I bet you know the brown Aja should do that because they're kind of like the knowledge education. Aja. <laughs> no, they
0: they need the recruit the recruiter Aja. Make that another color. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, you know, mauve, mauve. Yeah, the mauve Aja. <laughs> they're the recruiters. <laughs> they get a bonus for every person they bring back to
3: Tarvalon. They're like bureaucrats. They love paperwork. They're like, "Just go." Can she write you on the list?
1: It's good. Right? Yeah. They like they have the U.S. Army storefronts they have everywhere. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So but- then they uh, they march on Tarvalon through a gateway.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess we're fast forwarding a a month. Yeah, it's great.
2: Hmm.
3: Get so get to it. That's about awesome. to happen. I'm excited. Yeah. Next book. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, also, I want to I want to call out here. So among the recruits, there are all the girls from Mm-hmm.
2: That's
3: cool, you know. Got all those people in, and uh, some rando named Sharina, who's more powerful than naive. and seems mm-hmm. to give give Egwene uh, weird looks. She's like, oh, it's probably just because she's been like running her family willfully, but like probably forsaken, right? Like, what are yeah. the odds this is a forsaken? Seems likely, likely forsaken. Yeah, probably forsaken. I'm th- I'm thinking Grendel. Oh yeah, that's right. Grendel's probably because because she just Grendel just got picked up by, um, Morden. Uh Moradin, right? So yeah. this is maybe he just like inserted her here. This is because he's trying to get his operatives everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. Uh,
1: so this actually made me think of it. Uh, this this might be a justification for why the White Tower only takes younglings. Because what they, what they do is kind of like a boot camp type thing where they mm-hmm. put you through this real structured rigid hierarchy and try and like make all the Aes Sedai the same. And, and all the Aes Sedai do have kind of very similar outlook when they come out the other end of the training process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you can, that's really hard to do to people who have established personalities. You know, you want to do that to young people. Like get them into the pipeline. Uh, Overwrite well, their personalities. Yeah. while well, yeah. they're personable.
3: Yeah, no, you're, I think you're totally right. I think that's absolutely the reason for Tarvalon being set up the way it is. But in the, in this particular situation, Egwene basically needs as many butts in the seats as she can get, absolutely.
1: right? Absolutely. I- I'm just surprised none of the Aes make that argument against her.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they can't right now, right? Because it's war time. <laughs> she could say, we need this for war, and then they can't do anything about it. Well, they could say it. it, you know. That- that's true. They can say,
1: true. here's the problems you're going to have, uh, mother. <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
0: Sorry, you just said that in a really sarcastic way. I liked it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so chapter 31, after. I can of, the wheel of time. Uh, it's a very, very short, short chapter. chapter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lots of chaos and rumors in that kind of mythic
3: style that Robert Jordan does pretty well. Yeah, uh, I like it. The end. Yeah, there's a, based on these rumors, um, I think you, I, I can't remember if it was Alice or Jeff who said that she thought that Loghain had bonded that, um, the Aes Sedai that he captured. Yeah. This this rumor does sort of support that. It says Aes Sedai had been bound to him, bound to the Ashaman. So, and the fact that it is, yet few believe that means it's more likely to be true, right? The mm-hmm. way that Robert Jordan writes it. Absolutely, so, yeah. So it's you guys are probably right. I think that Loghain might have actually bonded her Yeah, I mean, as maybe that's Maybe that's
1: just how the water bond works in the other direction, you know?
3: Yeah, it could be. That's kind of asymmetric. Yeah. Sometimes. We don't know a lot about how it works and not even the Forsaken know how it works because it's a new discovery. Right. Yeah. Uh, Oh, there is one thing. And this is, I don't even, this is my first time seeing it, though it could be in every glossary. A note on the dates in the glossary. is this always been there? Yeah. Do you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. I just think it's funny because like, I, I, this is the first time I've actually read through this little note and it's like, basically like this, this long deluge of like the different calendars of Randland or whatever. And basically it basically, it's like, Hey, if the years line up, it's because no one can agree what year it is. <laughs> <laughs> that that's is a genius authorly trick. Exactly. I was like, Hey, Oh, I mean, I guess a wizard did it or no, these guys just, they don't know what year it is. Cause they don't, yeah. have a good calendar. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um final impressions. Okay, so book? this book I enjoyed a lot, but I think it was only for like a few small parts. Overall, it doesn't feel like much happened in this book. Mm-hmm.
0: Not until the end.
3: And in the end, like like to me, this feels like the end was kind of a, a shoehorned in climax because the point of this book wasn't a climax itself, but to set up the next book. This feels like, this feels sort of like Empire Strikes Back where at the end, a bunch of like sudden things are happening because like the next book is going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, but there wasn't as big a turning point as there was in Empire. I mean, I felt like the all the plot lines, the, you know, the parent is traveling to Gildan and he meets Masima and then that does not get resolved.
3: Yeah. Does anything then, get
1: resolved? And there's all this stuff where the there's you know something rotten in the state of Denmark or the the state of the Black Tower, right? We yeah. don't trust Tame. What's going on with the Ashaman? Well, that doesn't get resolved. You know, it just sort of we get a very strong evidence that somebody at the Black Tower is working against him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like the weather thing gets got resolved right at the beginning, so it doesn't right. feel like you know the story came to a climax there. That feels like the the end of the previous book that just yeah. sort of slopped into this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And Egwene, like the Egwene chapters, were pretty okay to read. Uh, you know, it's fun to see her her politics stuff, but all she did was travel, literally travel to the the. Or sorry, capital T to travel to the White <laughs> Tower, which she could have done at the beginning. You know. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like like, I enjoyed reading this book more than I've enjoyed reading some of the recent books. You know, like I wouldn't say this is one of the best ones, mm-hmm. though. There were parts of it that I really liked, but it doesn't feel like any, other than the weather bowl, you're right. That's like, the, that's the big thing. It doesn't feel like there were any big, like, beats that happened in this or mm-hmm. even resolutions. I don't know. What do you think, Alice?
0: There, there was a lot of fucking around. Like, there were literal entire <laughs> chapters, which was them on horseback arguing with each other. <laughs> um, so I felt like there was a lot of wasted time. That being said, when we got to the end, it picked up. And I'm super excited that um, Elaine has finally declared herself queen, and I'm super excited that Egwene is finally in Tarvalon. Um, But it it took a long time to get there.
3: Yeah, this that, that's that's a good point. Like Elaine, like at this point, I would say a lot of the key players are about to kick off interesting plots. Is exactly, it like, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Like it's a, this. This is a setup, right? Oh, by the way, I I, I want to say Alice, the the horse riding thing. I'm so glad you pointed it out because it got to the point where we, we it was like a trope, right? Like yeah, <laughs> X Y Z or X is like walking through Y camp and thinking about all of the things that are going wrong. You know, uh-huh. it's like it, there were like four different characters who did the, there that were, in this. There were yeah, right? mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. lots of wandering around camps.
3: Um, but yeah, like I would I will say that. All of the plots that got set up here are things that I'm interested to read. Like, I'm interested to see yeah. what's going to happen to uh, Perrin now that he's got Masima in hand. Especially now that Rand is possibly in the wind. I don't know. Like, is Perrin going to be able to find Rand yeah. to deliver Masima I, uh, to him?
1: I think Perrin, like, being crazy with men, traveling around incognito, if that's what happens, I don't know. Yeah. that's That's more interesting than what he did this book. Mm-hmm. I, I
3: agree. Like, of the characters in this book, Rand has been the least interesting. But, mm-hmm. like, he, the way they're setting up could be good. I don't know, you know?
1: Okay, so I remember during the big battle scene, there were, like, three chapters for that big battle with the Shanshan. Mm-hmm. I remember reading it and thinking, like, you know, oh, yeah, Robert Jordan is amazing at this. This is so good. Like, uh-huh. I, I I feel like like the, the tactics of the battle are are there, but, like, you don't have total information because it's all from one perspective. And you see – you get views of, like, the strategic level and also the the ground level. It mm-hmm. yeah. just really conveys it so well. But I had forgotten that that awesome battle was in this book, and now, until we started doing this retrospective-type talk,
0: mm-hmm. I'd
1: forgotten it again. It has nothing to do with anything else, really. Mm-hmm. He just goes down and south, ha- has a battle with the Shanshen, then comes home and doesn't talk
3: about it again. Yeah. It, it, like, it, 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 it you could have removed it from this book, and, like, nothing would have changed as far as we can tell, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, maybe it's supposed to. We we're supposed to believe that Gedwin and Rochade were mad about how it ended,
3: and and I think, but I don't, I, do I don't think, think that, that sold at all because those guys were like evil from the start, or at least evil acting. I think mm-hmm. that the Shan-Chan, uh first wave is broken by this, even though it's not explicitly said. Like, there's that moment at the end where the general is dead, and then they're saying, "Oh, we lost this." This could be like the breaking of the Shanchan power can, for now.
1: I can feel that, but I don't think it was said clearly enough that. If this hadn't happened, the Shanshin would have taken Ilyan.
3: Yeah. Or something no, you're like right. that. You're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Uh it's hard to say. Um, but it, it was a great was, battle. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great battle. I, I would say that whole lead up to it was kind of interesting. Like his guerrilla tactics in the mountains, and then like the like that that whole thing was was pretty cool. Like a, again, Rand shouldn't have been there and like the, the thing went worse not having his general running that particular campaign. Bashir mm-hmm. should have been in charge. But I'm glad he was there because we got to watch it. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I would only quibble with one thing. Matt should have been in charge.
0: Yeah.
1: That's true, but Matt is dead.
0: That's my oh, thing. That's true. That was my yeah. one thing. I miss oh, Matt.
1: You know what? I mean, no, now that Matt is flat, he's actually shorter than Bashir. Oh,
3: that's true. is <laughs> <laughs> not the shortest general in the world anymore. That's right. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, but yeah,
1: I, I I concur with what you guys said. There was good stuff in there. You know, it was good to read, but it does not have very much structure as a book. It doesn't feel satisfying to have ended. Uh, it doesn't feel like much pro- progress happened because there weren't a lot of like turning points in the story.
0: But there was a lot less of women being shitty. I feel like there was a there. We didn't have we had almost no naive, you know, sniffing and smoothing her skirts, which was very nice. And and Egwene wasn't doing that either. Yeah, (laughs) but Egwene wasn't really doing it either. It seems like that was something that he had over-relied on so much to the point where we were just so over it. And there was not nearly as much this book.
3: I completely agree. Yeah, like like Nynaeve, uh, uh, Egwene, these characters that earlier on were frustrating to read sometimes. Mm -hmm. In this book, they were great, honestly. Like, I don't remember many times in this book where I was like, oh, God, shut up, Nynaeve. Or... Egwene is making me crazy, you know. Like and it.
0: even the Perrin and Fyle stuff wasn't nearly as bad as it's been in previous books.
3: Yeah, you're right. Like I, because Perrin knows how to scream at his wife now, it may not be a problem ever again. <laughs> Thank
0: I, God he got that advice.
3: I mean, I yeah, like I, I mean,
1: it's good, right? It's, it's a good relationship now, right? Do we I, agree I, it's a healthy relationship.
3: Like, I, oh I, I think that's, that's a strong word. He, they've learned each other's love language, which is fighting and screaming. <laughs> No, it's funny. Like I'm glad you mentioned that because that Fayel chapter. There's a whole thing where she's thinking about it, right? She's like, "Oh, well, now that he's like not yelling at Berlin and he's yelling at me at me instead, that makes me like, oh, he's a." He's a man who has, like, a good Saldian way of dealing with yeah, things. Yeah, now, now he doesn't think I'm too weak to shout at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was, like, thinking to herself, this is well. This is what i wanted all along. It's like, okay, whatever. This mm-hmm. is fucked up, but fine. That's fine. I'm yeah. glad you guys are happy. <laughs>
1: uh, cool. Yeah, uh, so we're still going to do rankings, right? We're going to rank all eight
3: books? Oh, no, shit. I this can't is, do that. I mean, this is – I'd have to look at the list. Uh, yeah, I – I'm not sure I can even remember what I chose last time. I would say that at this point, I don't know if I can do rankings, but I would say that the Path of Daggers is is at least in my top five. Maybe in my top three. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I, I think I like the first three pretty well. Yeah. Okay,
1: I'm going to go three, five, one, four, two, seven, no, eight, Six seven,
3: so it's so, <laughs> so so book eight is not in the top five for you.
1: No, well, that's the thing. I, I thought book three was great, book five was great, book one was
3: really good. You know, it just it just doesn't make the cut, yeah, that's fair. Mm. Uh, I, I and and I think that it's it's difficult for me to say because at this point, I, <laughs> it's funny because like. It hasn't been that long since I've read the books, but it's been kind of a while. you know we've been doing this for a few, a couple of years now, so the the first book is already like fading from my memory yeah and I, know, I, and right. I, and I remember I liked it and I remember I, reme- I uh, yeah, I remember, I remember Tom
1: why. used to be there and he used to juggle a lot. It was awesome.
3: oh man, and he used to yeah. tell stories where where is Tom again? He wasn't Ibu
1: Dar. Uh, we don't know whether he's flat or not.
3: Oh, he might be flat with Matt, yeah. <laughs> he was in Ebudar
1: being severely underutilized. <laughs> the flat adventures of Matt and Tom <laughs> the spin-off series. So, would you say top half or bottom half for this book?
3: I would say top half, and, top and half. even though not much happened, uh, there were scenes that I loved. Like I loved all the stuff with like the little. I loved all of Egwene's like politicking and like seeing her rise to power among it. That was like real. It was to me that was interesting to read and kind of fun. Uh, I loved the the guerrilla tactics and the fighting uh, in Ebudar. And I loved the whole, like, junior detective agency thing that was happening in the White Tower. Like, like there were some parts in this book that I really, really liked. Uh, I wouldn't give it a, a top, like, three spot because nothing happened in this book. And I feel like it, it – this doesn't feel like a complete book to me. This feels like it was – this and maybe the next book were probably meant to be one book, but he just, like, had too many pages. So he's like, Well will just divide them in half. It's fine. You know, I, I don't, which – May may or may not be what actually happened, but that's a little bit what it felt like. So that, I can't give it like a high a high rank, but it's it's up there for right. key areas.
2: Cool, mm-hmm.
3: Alice. Okay. Any any? I know you can't rank them in any particular order. How does this one stack up against the other books to you?
0: I don't know. I'm always gonna have weird associations with this book. Um, I've been thinking about this because. I had a lot of trouble getting into this book. Like it was, it was a huge slog to read until the last two episodes when things picked up. But mm-hmm. I think that might just be kind of. Cause of where we're at right now, it's hard to focus. And so I kind of. Totally.
1: Yeah. We're recording this in 2020 during the uh, lockdown.
0: Yeah. And so we're all, I'm sure you can hear, even though we've done our best, like, you know, we're all in separate places right now. I'm certain I'm currently sitting on a towel on the floor in my closet. Um,
3: yeah, normally, like, before yeah. all this, we, we would literally, the three of us would literally sit in a circle around a single microphone and, and record, so this yeah. is a little weird for us. Like, I, I would say this, what has it been, the last five episodes that this, we've this done this whole, uh, this whole season? Oh, this whole season? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's all been passing. us, like... Yeah. And, this, and, and I think we're getting better, but, uh, but uh, I'm sure you guys noticed that earlier on, at least, things were weird. Like, I, I'm learning how to use a new microphone. Like, we're all trying to find the best, like, remote system for this, and... You know, yeah, varying degrees of success. So, so yeah, it's it's a weird time for sure.
0: I think it's it the best way I can describe it. it started out as a slog and then it became more of an escapist thing. but that's literally like I said the last two episodes. It became something I could kind of like really get into and before that I was just trying to get through the pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, we have some mail if we want to talk about it. Hell yeah, let's yeah. talk about mail. Okay. So a few things. First of all, we have um several new Patreons and I just personally want to say thank you so much. Um since we're recording this right now, um, while we're doing social distancing, we've had to buy some new equipment and we really, really appreciate everybody who's been able to support us, especially because I know that a lot of people are tightening their belts right now. Um yeah. And thank you for all the kind mail we've been getting to. It really brightens our day, even when you disagree with us. It's very gratifying to be able to make those connections. Totally. So um, a few things. Last time we talked about there was a reference to Cien and Pivara being pillow friends.
3: Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I, I, I at first thought could be like a, at least a subtle reference to like them having a romantic relationship. Yeah, or maybe he wasn't.
0: Yeah, well, I went to the Wheel of Time wiki. We got a few emails, and it directed us over the Wheel of Time wiki. But a, <laughs> I want to I want to share a few quotes here, because um, he because uh, Robert Jordan was asked about what that means, and. Robert Duran said, Well, you put 15-year-old girls in a tower filled with almost entirely women with their hormones raging on overdrive, keep them away from men because you can't afford to lose any of them. And what do you think is gonna happen?
2: Okay, so all right, all right, then. I guess they're equivalent
0: <laughs> of gay for the stay. Um, okay. And Fair then enough. on his blog he posted, Pillow friends are not just good friends. Oh, they are that too, but they also get hot and sweaty together and mess up the sheets something fierce. By the way, pillow <laughs> friends is also a term used in the White Tower. The same relationship between men or women elsewhere would be called something else, depending on the country.
3: Interesting. Okay, wow. so that's more overt. He's saying, oh, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, right. straightforward." Yeah.
0: Forward. So, so there you go. Um, okay. Well, that that's good.
3: I mean, so, I like it's good to see that Robert Jordan kind of like, like you know it, so, it lets that into his books. Yeah, they are so. indeed petting each other's hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> as the saying goes and
0: no spoilers whatsoever i'm not going to do it um Uh comes up more later but i do want to say that we definitely yes hamsters (laughs) we definitely need to read new spring because apparently there's some interesting information in there as well so at some point we need to include that in our reading list
1: yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure Moraine gets a foretelling that says you will be puddle goo one day. <laughs> right.
0: It's not puddle goo; it's portal goo. Come on, oh, get was, it right, you're guys. right. Was, portal puddle goo, goo doesn't make any
3: sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I mean puddle goo does make sense. Every goo is a puddle. It's really a puddle. It's a portal a puddle, puddle
0: goo. Portal puddle
3: <laughs> Portal goo. <laughs> <Putle> okay,
0: <portal goo. laughs> so moving on we have uh one of our one of our listeners ryan remember how we asked for a name for pavara and sane's team yeah Mm. well uh ryan came up with one it is badasses which stands for black aja destruction agency seeking sly (laughs) enemy sisters (laughs)
3: <laughs> i love it that's brilliant that's i know yeah. fantastic
0: yeah so <laughs> thank you ryan that is fucking awesome we love it
3: i'm okay with calling them badasses i think yeah. They, they. yeah are badasses the badasses yeah the, the badasses.
0: badasses the black Aja destruction agency seeking sly enemy sisters perfect <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to write
3: that down but i love it i love it
0: um and then he also had something he wanted to share with us so you know We make fun a lot of Samael and the bees, right? The golden bees, the bumblebees, whatever.
1: The the honeybees. The golden bees of Iliad.
0: Yes. This person shared the theory uh, that Samael is Napoleon Bonaparte. He's referred to as being short and wants to be taller. Um, Napoleon frequently used the symbol of honeybees as his own emblem.
2: Oh, did he really? Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: And he wore a laurel crown, just like the crown of Iliad.
3: Oh yeah. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm sure that's intentional because Robert Jordan loves that kind of stuff. So, thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. Yeah, bet um, so, yeah. Yeah, I thought yeah, that he, was super he, super cool. So, yeah,
1: Samheel didn't give Ilian that stuff, but he may have been like, yeah, that's my place. I call dibs. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. probably. And the other Forsaken were like, yeah, the throne there is
3: really short. It'll be good for you. <laughs> oh, I hate you guys. I hate you guys. God it. This is why I joined the Forsaken. Because <laughs> that's literally what he said. He joined the Forsaken because he wanted to be taller. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so
0: anyway, so here's our question from Craig. Craig is curious what we think of all the races and the race changes in the show. Um, and the question there is, do you think... That if it was up to us, would we keep the book accurate for the nations? Or would it be a a best actor gets the part kind of thing?
3: I think that Robert Jordan... And and this is not universally true. But I think generally Robert Jordan sets it up so that there is not a correct race for every character. Like he refers to features. I kind of disagree. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. um, I think he mixes and matches uh, like cultures. Yeah. But... The way he describes people from a particular area, like at least physically, is generally pretty consistent, right? Saldeans yeah. have tilted eyes and hooked noses, right?
0: Yeah, the yeah. Saldeans, they're supposed to look kind of Greek-ish. Is that it? They've got like the... I thought
1: they were supposed to look Semitic.
0: Semitic? Okay. Yeah, and like the, the um, sea folk are very, very dark. Yeah, um, I
1: think that they're what we would think of as black people. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, there are those descriptions, aren't they? The Domani women are copper-skinned.
1: Yeah, and, and all the Shinarans are, are, I think they're supposed to be Japanese, mm. or at
3: least look like Japanese people. Mm-hmm. But, the, of course, but the cultures
1: are, are all mixed-mastered mixed, mixed mastered up together,
3: you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I guess he does refer to sp- specific traits, but I never assumed that necessarily, like, every person had a...
0: Well, and it's weird, though, and I've stayed out of the controversy that, I mean, there's a lot of controversy right now talking about the casting, and I've stayed out of it because sure. I don't care. Um, yeah, good reason. Yeah, but I, I, but one thing I have noticed: it seems like a lot of people who are getting upset, they seem to think that all these people look Caucasian, which just is not the case. Like we just made I, the like read. yeah, like we've made the assumption that like the Emmons Fielders are white, but there is nothing in the books to back that up.
1: Right? Yeah, they're yeah. definitely not. In, in fact, I I may have mentioned earlier on this podcast that the 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 closest they ever come to describing what they look like. The other ones, except for Rand, is that they describe Egwene as having brown skin, brown hair, and brown eyes, and being mm-hmm. very pretty. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I think people were even w- were just thinking like, oh, tan, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. Except she's an innkeeper's daughter, right? Not a farmer, but mm-hmm. but still, she's a you know a, a country folk. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I'm curious though, how many people who are getting upset have just automatically assumed that unless it specifically says otherwise, all these people are just white? You know. I yeah.
1: think it's very sly on Robert Jordan's part because he 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 dresses them all up with these very medieval European tropes. like the his right. specifically, right? Thatchery mm-hmm. of cottages and, you know, they're shepherds and whatnot.
0: Right. And really
3: Andor in general. Andor feels very English.
1: Yeah, to totally. Me. Right. Mm-hmm. With the, the lion and everything. Yeah. yeah. But, but then he never actually pegs them as being what we would think of as European type people. Right. Oh, yeah.
3: I think he mentions that Rand has bright red hair, although he's half a eel. And then he, we all, we look. I think more gays and Elaine both have bright red hair, so like those could be, Andoran traits, but that doesn't necessarily tell you anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
1: as for the casting in the show, uh, it doesn't bother me. I would kind of prefer it though if they had done the, oh sorry, they they had uh, kept like the racial categories, but had the people acting against type, you know, it, what people would expect, you know. They go to Shinarans and there's a bunch of Japanese people dressed like knights, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That'd be kind of cool. Yeah.
1: I, I think that would be kind of neat because if you. That's, that's sort of a. I and mean, that's a real thing in the real world. Like in, in regions in history, the people in an area tended to look like each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So True. I think that would make the show feel a little bit less. a little bit more realistic to me. Mm hmm. And a little so bit as more As they move through different books.
3: areas, that then. There, there are racial traits for those areas, but right. Yeah. But it's, it's certainly not a deal breaker to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a strong feeling about it. What I, I think that if there's, a, especially in a in a series like this where Robert Jordan doesn't lean heavily on those particular things, I don't think I, I don't care. I think it's if we if we have a good actor for it, then. Great. Good. You know?
0: Yeah. I think especially like, especially cause it's not a historical thing, right? It's a fantasy True. series. People do magic and there's magic creatures and everything. Like I just, I give zero fucks about that. I understand Jeff where you're coming from and wanting some consistency for the different cultures, sure. but I, I can't even care that much. I'm down yeah, with whatever, sure, yeah. however they want to do it.
3: I, I, I guess to you know, and, and I and uh, I guess I'm just playing devil's advocate a little bit. The only thing I could say is that when someone looks at somebody, they know if they're Shinaran, and they know if they're Iel, they know if they are Andoran. Generally, right? Like Absolutely. They look like that, yeah. Like, yeah. so that that does imply that the nations do have some sort of like visible.
1: I guess to give a concrete course. example of my objection. The, the, we specifically are told that the Emmonsfield people are the undiluted bloodline of Manetherin, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And they're they're all, they don't say inbred, but they all, you know, there's not a lot of contact with the outside world. They're pretty, they're super inbred. Right, yeah. A <laughs> strong yeah. with them. But the, if they're in the show, they don't all kind of look like each other. Whatever that look happens to be, then I don't find that very believable in the show. Like, these people aren't all the same bloodline. True.
3: That's a good point. For, so from a realism
1: perspective, that would, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Sure,
3: but then again,
1: I definitely wouldn't want them to just make everybody white. yeah,, yep. so given that would be my last choice.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically it. We've had a few questions asking us what we're gonna do once we're done with the wheel of time or and or done with um Harry Potter, our other podcast muggles with attitude, and if we're gonna be doing more fantasy. Uh, To which the answer is, we're still not quite sure what we're going to do there. So if you have any suggestions for us, we would definitely love to hear it. We've got two more Harry Potter books to go. Um, I feel like we're going to be doing the Wheel of Time until the end of time. Um, Until (laughs) the
3: age ends. Yeah. We're we're over halfway through, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot left.
0: Yeah, we started this in 2017, and we just finished book eight of 14 slash 15 if we do New Spring, which we will. So Yeah. yeah.
3: So 15 bucks. We're, we're yeah. just over halfway through. <laughs> yeah.
1: If yeah. there's anything you think that we would really like or really hate, uh, just <laughs> yeah. let us know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let us know what you think. Shoot us an email at hello at the dragon re-read.com. Or you can also hit us up through Facebook as well or Twitter. Yeah,
3: or, or Twitter. Yeah, we're, we're all over the place. Any of the lovely places you can find us, we will we'll get it. So.
1: so that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to do nothing. There is no next time. Uh, yeah. We're going to take a, a week break like we like to do. And then we're going to start in on another season of our other podcast, Muggles with Attitude, about the Harry Potter series. That's MWA Podcast.com if you want to check it out. And we'll um, be starting book six. Is that right?
0: Book six, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince.
1: That's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake
3: on Twitter.
0: I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram.
3: I'm Micah Sparkman, and I still don't have one of those. If you
1: have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at com. We
0: love hearing from you.
1: And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time.
2: The, the Light, light and the Lumen. lumen.